Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 226 of the Canadian Football Countdown, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Tonight, we're going to preview week 15 in the CFL, but we've got a bit of a different show than normal planned for you. We've got a very special guest in the building who we'll introduce in just a couple of minutes. Uh, so instead of doing our usual game-by-game previews, we're going to switch it up a bit. We'll catch up with our lovely guests here. We'll do a brief look at our favorite storylines for this upcoming week. And then we'll do the fantasy players to watch and the betting picks for all of the games at the end of the show. As for the regular crew, I'm Ryan, joined by Adam. Adam's here tonight. Uh, Adam, how are you doing? Well, I'm doing all right. Harvest is going well. We won't talk about a certain game last week. I don't think at all. Oh, right? I think we will. I think we will. Your lucky Trey's not here tonight, but uh, I did get instructions to to give you some. No, I'm kidding. Trey didn't give me any <laughs> instructions. No. Oh, I'm uh, sure he has his whiteboard filled with positive things about the uh, certain team in question. Yeah, a great game last week. I enjoyed it. I, I don't know about you. Um, we're also live on a variety of different platforms. Thanks to our presenting sponsor, Game Time TV, which you can learn more about at GameTimeTV.ca. Uh, or on facebook.com slash gametimetvmb. Send in your comments, send in your questions in the live chat. I see a couple of people filling in there already, which is wonderful. Uh, good evening to all of you there. Uh, we also, before we go any further, want to acknowledge that the Canadian Football Countdown is brought to you from Treaty 1 Territory, traditional territory of the Anishinaabe, Cree, Ojibwe, Dakota, and Dene peoples and the homeland of the Métis Nation, as well as from Treaty 4 Territory, traditional territory of the Cree, Soto, Dakota, Lakota, Nakota, and Métis Nation. Uh, if you want to, if you want additional content beyond what you hear on our weekly episode, also make sure you check out our Discord community. It's free. It's fun. Uh, the link is in the episode description for that. Adam, who do we got with us tonight? Well, for once, I'm not in the minority, I guess, in uh, CFL fans this week because this gentleman beside me here uh, is a Rough Rider fan. Uh, he comes out of the uh, good old U.S. of A, uh, out of, I think, Washington State, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, this is Coach Phil. Uh, he's kind of a CFL kind of guy and loves reacting to CFL videos and highlights and all sorts of cool stuff. Loves talking to CFL. So I figured, you know what, we don't get enough Americans up here to talk to CFL about. So I guess, Coach Phil, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good, y'all. Everybody good? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Great night when we get to talk football with somebody like you as well. You know, I, I talk to Adam every week. I talk to Trey pretty regularly, Mike as well. Kind of nice to get somebody else in here to talk football <laughs> with other than those guys. I, I ain't that interesting. I'm just a brother that's pretty decent at what he does right now. Hey, right on in that you are. Uh, I guess before we go any further, tell us a little bit about yourself. Who is Coach Phil? I mean, Adam gave a bit of an introduction. but. <laughs> Uh, Coach Phil. Well, uh, Coach Phil is is funny. It's a funny thing. So I always looked at Coach Phil like I've been coaching for eleven years since I was eighteen years old, and I've been doing it for a long time, man. And it's funny, like the 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 misconception people get, and I and I, I experienced this going to LDC and at the Banjo Bowl. People ask, "Are you like this all the time?" No, no, I'm, I'm not. All the time like this when i'm in a football environment yes off camera or like outside of football i'm very chill i'm a very chill person i like my privacy i like being with my kids you know video games that type of stuff but coach phil is brash in your face arrogant 
Go tell you like a T.I. is. Don't give a damn what you think about him or whatever. And uh, it, it's it's paid off in a way, being that way. But uh, it, it's just a piece of me, man. I, Coach Phil is a guy that uh, loves the game, very passionate about the game, and uh, just love talking it. So that that's Coach Phil in a nutshell. So then I guess I got to ask the big question is, why the CFL? I mean, you know, Washington State, I'm sure that's NFL country, especially with the Seahawks nearby and everything else. What what got you interested in the CFL game? Uh, so to be to be frank with you, uh, I'm a I've always loved history and uh, it kind of ties into the CFL. Uh, I love learning history about anything, and everything. I love learning history about sports. Uh, I like learning about leagues that not pe- people don't really pay attention because we all all we hear about is the NFL. And it's great. The NFL is great. But I, I, I lucked into the CFL. Um, I told this story, but real quick, um, up here, down here in Washington, we have CBC. It was Channel 99 when I was growing up. And uh, I used to only watch CBC because the Simpsons came on at four o'clock. It was on for two hours. <laughs> so I would watch the Simpsons, but like Thursdays or Fridays or whatever, it would be CFL games. And I kind of like I was so young, I didn't really understand the CFL, but I knew of it. Then as I got older, um, I was on a plane ride coming back home from a football camp in Monmouth, Maine, and uh, I watched Johnny Manziel's first game. And it was, I watched the entire thing from the beginning all the way to the end. I had I had so many hours on the damn plane. I, I what, was, what else was I going to do? <laughs> and I didn't know then that the seeds were being planted because then the next, I think it was like a couple years later, we went into the pandemic. And... Uh, I was at home. I wasn't really doing nothing. I was going through a lot at the time, and I decided, you know what? I'm going to get into YouTube, and I started doing it, and then I came across um, the first video I ever really reacted to for CFL. It was like the best – off. I think it was the best offensive plays ever, and it was a Geno Lewis hurdling somebody. <laughs> he actually retweeted it on Twitter, and that was funny to me, and uh, it just kind of snowballed, and then I got into the player highlights, and I started watch. I got into the – the play of the 2021 playoffs. And then I, it just went from there. So I fell in love and I started doing more history, watching old games back on YouTube. I remember watching about the American experiment they did with Shreveport and Memphis and San Antonio and how it was in Baltimore, how it was a, it considered a flop. And I was like, it was too early. They were experimenting, doing things that the NFL would never do. And I was like, I love this. So that's how I got into the CFL and I'm, I'm here. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Well, happy to have you as part of the CFL community. And, you know, being a football fan is one thing. Taking that and turning it into content creation is another. I mean, we're all on the same crazy ride in one way or another. Uh, you talked about it a little bit, but uh, you've got the YouTube channel, Coach Phil Reacts. Uh, how, did, how did that start for you? Uh, what got you into uh, that kind of avenue? Um, a lot of my players... They were like, Coach, you need, you should do YouTube, man. You always got crazy things to say. You're funny, but you were very insightful. I was like, nah, I never really got – I never thought about it. Just didn't cross my mind because I, I always watched YouTube. I didn't even start watching YouTube till I was like 14. So I didn't really know much about YouTube. And then, uh, the like I said, the pandemic hit, and I was sitting at home, and I, I bought a rinky-dink gray cam- uh, microphone off of Amazon. I got a, a crappy green screen. I invested a little bit you know elgato and uh <laughs> and then i got a little uh logitech camera and it all started 
So that's where it was. So I know you said you talk a lot about uh, you, you looked at a lot of the CFL and the history and everything else. And uh, I guess I got to ask, is there a favorite player that you have in the back in the day? And also, who's the favorite current player that you have in the CFL? Oh, my God. I, when, I saw this, <laughs> when, I, when I saw this question, I was like, man, but the first person that comes to mind and uh, I'm going to say his name and I would love to interview him if I ever get the chance to Lord willing, Alan Pitts. I, yeah. Alan, Alan Pitts was like Randy Moss before Randy Moss in a way and I know with Alan I, I watched his, uh, the documentary they do his story they used to do and I and I listened to what he said and I and I and I understood his pain which is why I know why he's very private because he always felt like he didn't get the respect he deserved in Calgary and there's a lot there was a that team was loaded <laughs> <laughs> uh, with obviously Doug, Dave Sapunges, Kelvin Anderson, Alundra Johnson. Alundra Johnson is another one of my favorites from back in the day. But Alan Pitts was like the one that like opened my eyes. It's like, wow, there's somebody similar. It's like Randy Moss. He was a mixture of Randy Moss and Chris Carter. And it was beautiful. It was jazz music watching him play. Although he did in a way, like I didn't like the way his career ended. It was kind of like weird, wonky how it happened. I thought he should have done more. He only played for what nine, ten years, and he was gone like Barry Sanders. But uh, that's that's my guy from back in the day. Uh, currently, Willie Jefferson. Come on, you, you know that Willie. But but Willie's my favorite player. But my guys are Sam, Tevin, and Sean, Jamal. Those are my dogs, man. It was. I got to meet them. We finally put it together. I got to meet them at LDC. Those are my guys, man. Those are my bro. Oh, he's going to kick my behind if I don't mention him. Sean Lemon, we talk a lot. That's that's the big bro. Willie's the big bro. Reggie Stubblefield, me, uh, young guy off of Montreal. We, we actually just talked the other day. <laughs> so those, those are some of the guys I watch. There's, there's a lot of guys, but those are the guys that, you know, I routinely talk to and, you know, they're my guys. Uh, on that note, how exciting is it to see Sean Lemon uh, finally sign on with a team, you know, a couple weeks into the season, he's been tearing it up on that Montreal defensive line. I can't believe it took that long for him to uh, get a shot this season after the season he had last year. That made me mad. That made me really mad that a guy like him didn't, it took a while. And I did the video uh, on Sean that I react, I reacted to his highlights and literally like three days later, he got signed. And people were messaging me saying, your video made it happen. I was like, no, no, absolutely not. Sean just needed to go the right situation for him. And I was calling for, I was like, man, if he went to Winnipeg, that's unfair. Write, write the Grey Cup for them. But I also wanted him to go to uh, Saskatchewan. But Montreal was the right place for him, and I'm still happy for him. So he's tearing it up right now. Yeah, absolutely. And I think he's got the talent where he can he'd probably tear it up anywhere he goes uh, if oh, he yeah. the opportunity to do so. Uh, you listed off a lot of your current favorite players or members of the Riders. Of course, we talked about it a little bit already. You are a Riders fan. Uh, out number two to one tonight. Uh, this might be a first on the podcast for me uh, by a couple of Riders fans here. Uh, what made you choose them? Why? Why? What made them your team? Being from Washington, growing up a Seahawks fan, you you equate a lot of the the qualities uh, and the culture of what 
the rough the similarities between the Rough Riders and the Seahawks, and it's 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 so scary. Other than the the Pete Carroll Craig Dickinson comparison, there ain't no comparison. Pete Carroll has won at the damn highest level, but and Craig is Craig. <laughs> Craig, Craig, and Dave frustrate me so damn much. That's another story for the other day. None but love for Craig, but um, no, it's the the environment and experiencing it, and and I love their logo. I love the the Rough Rider logo so damn much. I'm gonna get it tattooed. That's that's how serious I am as a Rough Rider. Like that that logo is so wow. sim- that logo is so symbolic. Like you look at something you're like I can relate to that. I can relate to the logo because it's so beautiful. It's unique. It's it stands out. And not a lot of teams can pull off green, but the green speaks to me. <laughs> and I, you ain't never gonna see me wear green except for Rough Rider stuff. My daughter asked you today. She wore uh, my Rough Rider shirt to school. One of my Rough Rider shirts to school today, even though she's a Willie Jefferson fan. So we'll get her there. <laughs> Well, hey, Willie Jefferson was a rider before he was a bomber. We all know that. So, I mean, you know, Winnipeg likes taking up old riders. I'm just saying. but uh, True. Even- and, and making them better. Well, that's debatable. How'd Western Dressler do for you? Anyways. Uh, How's Nick Dembski doing for us? <laughs> I blame right, Chris Jones for that. Out. That's not a good point. <laughs> can, I, can I say one thing before we next question? Yeah, go ahead. Chris Jones set back the Saskatchewan Rough Riders for years, the same way he's setting back Edmonton. And you can put that on wax and let it be known. Yeah. No, you won't have me arguing it one bit. I mean, he, <laughs> he all he did was pick athletes. I mean, if a guy could run fast, okay, you're on my team. Wow, we'll talk. Right? We'll talk. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, and Trey over in the chat, I mean, he's got a good shade of uh, Rough Rider green on right now, maybe a little too light, but it'll work. Uh Phil, I guess I got another question for you here. I mean, you traveled out here for the Labor Day Classic, and you traveled out here for the Banjo Bowl, uh, or as now that's being called the Labor Day after Labor Day game, or I don't know why they're trying to go away from the Banjo Bowl, but nevertheless, that's a, uh, that's that's a meat that's a meatball saying that. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, yeah, y'all are trying to go away from the naming convention. We're still marketing the heck out of it here in Winnipeg. So. There's a lot of money on that. There's a lot of money in the Banjo I'll, Bowl. All I know is as long as Scott Schultz is around, it'll be the Banjo Bowl and Troy Westwood. As long as those two are around, it's the Banjo Bowl. Uh, nevertheless, how was your experience out in uh, Regina and then, I guess, going into Winnipeg as a uh, Ryder fan? I was going to say something, but never mind. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, the experience at the uh, the Labor Day Classic, first of all, was absolutely amazing. I one of my greatest football accomplishments was just being there and experience everything, even just being at the University of Regina game. That was amazing. Fan day, amazing. The game, amazing. Banjo Bowl. Why? Why? Tom, what Nancy Kerrigan? Why? Why? Like, what 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 did we do to deserve that? <laughs> we 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 walked in there. We went into the abyss, and we came out a carcass. Like it was bad, but it was the environment was amazing. Uh, it was funny. It was people were just nice, and we talked our trash. We had a good time, man. It was great. And if it was up to Michael Ball, you know what? Well, I'm gonna shut up. Never mind. Anyway, the devil is a lie. Uh, 
Um, it was just great, man. Everybody was nice. Um, food was great. Fans were talking their trash. If I have to hear one more time, that's another blue bomber first down. I'm going to bash my head against the seat. I did kick the seat and my toe still hurts, but that was great, man. Great time. Well, you see, we started that chant during the dark years where we only got like four of those games. So I'm glad glad you mentioned that. I'm glad you mentioned that because there was a guy in the stands and he was talking (laughs) trash. And then I looked at the banners and I looked back at him and he knew, I think he knew what I was about to say. And I said, I'm not the best at math. But 91 to 2019, y'all really ain't got no room to talk right now. I mean, lately, lately, we do. No, 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 no. Y'all have no room to talk about anything because it took y'all that long to get a cup. I understand we've only won four in, what, 104 years, correct? I'd rather take those four than having a doggone 20-something year streak of not even getting close or sniffing. Yeah, you got there with Kari Jones and Milt, but y'all y'all choked for Milt, but that's beside the point. Next question. And the other thing also that we got to remember is there's only one Grey Cup that matters, and that's the 07 Grey Cup. Mm. And as far as I know, the riders are 1-0. I think I I I skipped that year. I skipped two years a little later on in time, but you know, we don't talk about that. I, I, I was I was failing pre-algebra in seventh grade during that time, so I really can't speak on that. It's funny that you mentioned that uh, another Winnipeg first down. It's not that one, but I mean, I've got season tickets. The, my favorite, just nonsensical thing that the Bombers do every time is uh, every time there's a two uh, a time count violation, we count this arbitrary stat of how many time counts we've caused since 2013 and i mean this year i guess is 10 years but you know that apparently makes the cfl's loudest fans uh does it eh, i don't know i, I guess mean, question though is you know that's the hot topic between both fan bases all the time is which stadium gets louder uh what what do you think uh, having attended both of them there's a difference between loud and i would say quality noise there's a big difference. Like you could be, there, my mom always used to say, "There's boy, there's just there's a difference between loud and annoying." Montreal, the horns are annoying, but it works. Whereas in Saskatchewan, it's it's beautiful to listen to the noise because the stadium is built for it. Whereas IG, it's perfect for drunken loudness it is it is it is dysfunctional function in that stadium and i loved it so i i can't really say which one is louder or better they're 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 the same they're very similar so then i guess i gotta ask you also phil any other plans on any other cfo road trips yet this uh this season yeah i will be in uh bc for the BC Winnipeg game, uh, the six kind of like the battle of who's going to be the top of the West. That one, I'm, I'm very excited. Um, I'm doing something with the Lions, uh, collaborating with them for something. I'll be back the 21st. I'm doing something again with the Riders um, for that fi- regular season finale. If we make the play, we've made the playoffs. I will go to. If we get a home game, I'll be there. Um, Edmonton wants G. Uh, G- Roy Simon wants me to come to Edmonton at some point, so I'm going to do that. Hopefully, if not this season, next season. But then I'll be at the Grey Cup, and then I'll be at the Vanier Cup the week after that. 
So I'm making this first tour of season one is uh, I'm getting my miles, brother. <laughs> That's quite impressive <laughs> to cover that many in uh, in one season there. Uh, so was correct me if I'm wrong. Was Labor Day Classic your first CFL game in attendance? It was my first time even in Canada. Leaving oh, the wow. Country. Yes, I, I went through so much crap to get my passport. I had to go through the emergency situation. I was I actually was crying in the car. I don't cry about a lot of things because I'd hyped up this tour and I didn't want to be like, I'm not coming because there was that situation where I lost my ticket coming to the banjo bowl. Oh, no. And luckily I got it resolved, but everybody was excited. I was like, man, it was worth it. So yeah, it's, it's a lot to cover. Um, but it's it's been it's been amazing, man. I couldn't have chosen a better time to go. LDC and Banjo Bowl. I like the comment here. We need Coach Phil in the announcer's stand as a guest for a game. Uh, a lot, no, a lot you of don't. comments here. No, you don't. No, you don't. No, you do not. No, you don't. Because I have no filter, and I probably will get thrown out or I'll get kicked out of Canada by the Mounties. Just saying. I mean, you know, we really could probably fill in and take over for uh... – uh, Ford or for uh, Suter whenever you'd like. So, <laughs> I mean, I could take over for the so-called voice of the Rough Riders, but you know. <laughs> oh yes, please, anytime. Let me know the day. <laughs> can, can, can I can I can I tell a funny story real quick to people? We I talked about yes, it. Okay, okay, okay. So, let's not BS ourselves. We know who I'm talking about, and I'm gonna say his. Is okay if I say his name? Uh, yeah, it's not. He's not Voldemort. <laughs> I just watched Goblin Fire really. a couple days ago, so hush. Uh, <laughs> no, Mike, is it, it? I never know if it's Michael Ball or Michael Ballsy. Which one is it? Michael Ball. Michael Ball. His nickname is Ballsy. He ain't got none. Anyway, the devil is a lie. Uh, this man has claimed to be the voice of the Rough Riders and all that fun stuff. So when I got there, me and my boy, uh, he was like, man, I just don't like him, blah, blah, blah. I said, and me being me, I'm. When I'm in coach Phil mode, anything is possible. <laughs> Philip is different. Philip is more, you know, I guess you could say like Vince McMahon-esque. I take calculated risk, pal. Coach Phil, I'm going to run up on you. And so if you hurt one of my people, I'm going to walk up on you and confront you. So after the game, we went over to the Harvard Lounge, and there was he was doing his little radio show. So I walk in. I'm on demon time. Like, I'm looking for him, and I see him. And you ever look at some of you like, he ain't worth it. Like, it's not worth spending the night in jail over him. And I went over to my boy, and he was like, he's up there. What you going to say to him? So I walked up there, and I got introduced to his co-host, the former player, whatever. We talked for a second. And he saw me. And I don't know if he knows me like that, but I know who he is. And I just stared. And he's look, he looked at his phone and went off, whatever. And I was like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he, I, he, I commented on his tweet about something about the banjo bowl being name changed, whatever. And I was like, bro, that's stupid. Like, you, you got to be the, the dumbest shock jock I know. You want to be Howard Stern so bad. But I'm going to be nice. Yeah, don't worry. It's all through my thought, too, as well. I mean... Well, everybody, radio no station that he, like the radio station he was on mm -hmm. before I did this thing here, I used to phone in once a day, just randomly talking riders, just because I could. I was sitting in a tractor board. Now, 
I don't think I've listened for probably three years. I'm sorry. I just no. Now it, Adam it, calls it, me every day. It's great. I call him. And now that's a friendship. Right. Now that's a friendship right there. <laughs> he so doesn't I, actually. He hardly shows like, up. <laughs> and it's not even like a beef or nothing like that. It's just don't be disrespectful <laughs> to people. Don't don't talk reckless. Don't and and I'm gonna look right in the camera and say this. And you can clip this. You can say what you want to. I want this to go all over Twitter. You ain't got to be disrespectful to prove your point, bro. Don't disrespect people like that. Don't disrespect women. Don't just call people meatballs. You ain't that guy. You're not built like that, fam. You want to talk football, keep it on the field. But don't sit there and talk trash about other pe counterparts that you have in the, in the media. You ain't got to do all that. You short. You balding. You, you ain't built like that. So be respectful. Anyway, next question. <laughs> well said. Well said. Um, you know, we talk about uh, this was your first trip up to Canada to catch the Canadian game live. Uh, I know on the YouTube channel we've seen, you know, you've got reactions to XFL, NFL highlights, etc. So taking in all these different leagues, you know, comparing the Canadian game to the American game. Uh, what do you like? What don't you like uh, when you're comparing the different game styles? Uh, as far as like American game, I obviously living here in America, you know, you, you keep up with what goes on, but everybody is so following the trend, like RPOs and different things like that. And QB sneaks on fourth down, like everybody do the exact same thing. And it's nothing creative. Like when one guy does it, everybody got to jump. In. I got to do it. I got to do it. In the CFL, I, I like the creativeness of the OCs and the DCs, even on special teams. They are creative. If I see Janarian Grant one, one run one more damn punt return i'm gonna lose it because he's that good and even mario offer you know he he's incredible but it's the creativeness it's uh the unpredictability of what a game the way a game could go the fans are outstanding <laughs> i did see a couple fights at ig but other than that man it's it's there's a there's a night and day difference and i'm and i really love what i see in the cfl man well perfect uh the only other question that I got here right now, because again, you and me both are uh, Rough Rider fans, and I know what I've got for a thought on the season so far. Uh, I got to get your thoughts on the season so far, I guess. And I mean, to me, it seems like it's an absolute roller coaster ride. And one week it's right up on the top, and one week it's right on heading right down. Uh, what's your thoughts, though, on the uh, season so far for the Rough Riders? We've talked about it. Me being a Seahawks fan, I'm so used to that last few weeks where we know we're going to play the Rams the last game of the regular season or the Cardinals. And if we win this game, we're in to the playoffs. I'm so used to that after a while growing up with it. But it's the same thing with the Rough Riders after experiencing last season's six straight losses. That frustrated me. And I remember specifically the game where I was like, we're such a balanced team and can't nobody stop us. And it was against B.C., we dropped six straight, and that hurt. And then this season, it, it started out. We were, I think, we we were two and zero at one point. We got the game against Calgary. We got the game that glass interception where we were all standing on the stage at McMahon. And I'm thinking, yeah, we own. We doing great, man. We dropped three in a row. <laughs> then we come back. We win one, and I'm like, all right, it is a roller coaster, but I think down the line, these next seven weeks are going to define our direction but also if we get hot and we get one home playoff game and we got to go to either bc or winnipeg we could knock them off and the way i look at it is as well i mean 
if you would have told me uh, three weeks or four weeks ago that we're going to go two and one, we're going to beat the uh, Lions, we're going to beat the Bombers at least once in this next uh, three games, I would have taken that 100 times out of 100. Uh, it's tough to go to IGF and win, uh, no matter which time it is. So overall, I mean, yeah, that game wasn't pretty, and, you know, it was – we'll try to ignore that game. But overall, the Rough Riders, I mean, they have been playing better in the last little bit. And right. It'll be very interesting to see what happens against Edmonton this week, I think. Uh, Ryan? Yeah, I mean, the, the, I'll give you credit. Six and six on the season. I, I was low on the Riders coming into this year because uh, I wasn't a big believer in Trevor Harris and that the offensive line was going to improve enough. Right. Uh, and Trevor Harris looked good early in the season. Unfortunately, went down due to that injury, and he'd been rotating between Mason Fine and Jake Dolagala at quarterback the past couple of weeks. Like you mentioned, Adam, two and one in those uh, last three games against top teams in the West Division. So, you know, out of 500 seasons so far, yeah, I'll give the Riders credit. And uh, I'm not sure what their schedule looks like uh, the rest of the stretch here. Uh, let's see, they've got the they've got the Elks this week, the Red Blacks, so that should be two pretty winnable games. And then, you know, BC, and then it's Hamilton, Calgary, Toronto. So most of their remaining games are against teams currently lower than them or equal with them in the standings. So, right. you know, I, I think the Riders can make a playoff push here and are probably, obviously, the front runner out west to claim that last playoff spot. Don't know if they can catch the home playoff game. You might not get to make that trip back to uh, Mosaic this year for a playoff game, unfortunately, Coach Phil. But, uh, uh, hey, you know, there's always a possibility that they, they make that playoff run and get to the Grey Cup. Anything's possible. Yeah, I did say comeback last week. <laughs> yeah, you kept saying comeback after every single bomber touchdown as if this was the Saskatchewan because that game was over. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. I mean, yeah, pretty well. So, yeah. so I play you all right, got anything else or do we want to move on to the storylines real fast? Yeah, I guess the last question is uh, you've watched, uh, you know, been watching CFL regularly. You've gone back and watched some of these old games as well. Do you have a specific favorite CFL moment or game that comes to mind? Mm. I thought about this when we were talking, you sent me the questions. Uh, There's two, very specifically at two of them. I would say uh, the 90. I think it was the 96 West final. I think it was. I think it was Edmonton against Winnipeg, Cal Murphy's last game. When they got blown out 63 to, I think it was 63 to seven. That I'd never seen nothing like that. The only time I seen something like that was when Jacksonville beat down Miami and it was Dan Marino's last game. That was the like the most thing I could equate to. I'd say the other one would be the 96 Grey Cup between Toronto and Edmonton. That I could, it's four hours on YouTube. If anybody want to watch that, go watch it. It's a fun game. It's in the snow. There's a condensed version, like 40 minutes on CFL.ca. But that's those probably two of my funnest games to watch. And probably like the 04 East final between Toronto and Montreal. That was a fun one. Awesome. Yeah. So exciting. Every, everybody's got their own uh, – they were there when they saw this. Uh, where were you when you saw this moment, right? Oh, yeah. Everybody's got different, oh, yeah. different favorite moments. I know Trey says <laughs> in the YouTube chat, too many men, Grey Cup was his. 
Uh, I'm gonna guess you guys uh, don't agree with that sentiment. I've already reacted to that. We we ain't gonna go back down that road. We we good. We good for right now. And and yeah, I was at that game. I don't want to remember walking out of that McMahon Stadium. I do not want to remember that again. Do you know how many people have messaged me talking about I, I was on the plane and I was a grown man crying? And I'm like, you were on the like really like you all were there at this game. Saskatchewan travels for Grey Cups. Oh, my friend. They, they travel for up. everything. You, 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 you look travel at... far and wide for games. That's, I love it. I absolutely love that y'all are that But deep But deep. I mean, like, it, it's insane. If you, if the Riders are in a Grey Cup, that, that whole city will turn green, no matter where it is. Yeah. I mean, I you mean, could you could watch a World Junior Hockey game in Switzerland, and there's probably a Riders fan in their Riders jersey sitting in front row. Uh, it seems they pop up everywhere there. Uh, so, you know, uh, well, if we start looking ahead to this week's games, maybe, uh, maybe we'll forget them. We'll let you forget the memory of that one for now. And perhaps, uh, one of the four games this week ends up, uh, being a favorite all time one. We've got four games on the schedule, two Friday night, two Saturday, uh, Friday night, doubleheader Toronto at Montreal rematch from last week. There, Edmonton's heading to Saskatchewan on Friday night as well. On Saturday, we've got uh, the Bombers heading to Hamilton and Ottawa heading to BC, who is... Uh, is BC coming off the bye this week? I think they are. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. let's talk major storylines here. Uh, everybody, I guess, go around the circle for a little bit with uh, what, you, what your top storyline is. Uh, Coach Phil, do you have a major storyline uh, from this week that you're watching? Well, I'd say the the one that I'm very interested in is uh, obviously us playing Edmonton. Trey Ford going up against our defense. Love, I love. I'm a Trey Ford guy, so I want to see what Trey can do against our defense and our secondary going against him. Uh, the one game that I'm really interested in the most storyline wise is Winnipeg against Hamilton, and the reason why. And I I mentioned this uh, on Bonfire Sports earlier this evening. I, I got a a bone to pick with Simone Lawrence. I got a bone to pick with him because you are supposed to be the leader of this defense. And you did all this talking when you got that contract about, Oh, we're going to be hosting the great cup. We're going to be here, all that. And y'all haven't delivered. And I understand you lost Bo twice, but if you ain't, if you came back it up, bro, then don't talk. Y'all have done way too much talking and I, I, I expect more out of y'all because I got none but love for Simone. He even got on me because I didn't know how to say his name right. I'm sorry. I said it how I was supposed to say it, you know, how it looked. But anyway, like, I, I want to see more out of them. I want to see Hamilton be the defense I know they can be because offensively, all they got is James Butler right now. I was expecting a bigger season from Tim White. I didn't get that. I was expecting my man Duke to have a great season. He's beefing with the team. Godwin was a surprise. So JB's all they got. So I want to see what they're going to do against Winnipeg. Are they going to be able to just surmise some type of offense to go up against Willie, Jackson, Brandon, all those big heel, all them on defense. But we'll see. We're going to see what happens. See, my game of the week right now is actually the Ottawa Red Blacks and the BC Lions. The reason being is Ottawa has really pinned themselves in a deep hole here. I don't know if they can come back from this already. Uh, but this is a must-win game. There's playoff, It's playoffs uh, or bust every week now for the Ottawa Red Blacks. Uh, they just have to start winning games to have an opportunity to uh, even try to catch Hamilton. Uh, is Dustin Crum the guy to do it? 
I mean, he's on, he's off. He's had reasonably good weeks. He's had reasonable success. I think he probably could do something here against the BC Lions. Uh, and the BC Lions also, I mean, they were getting into a little bit of a skid here just before they went on the break. Uh, I don't know. I'm looking at these teams here, and I say that probably will be a very interesting game out in BC Place on a Saturday night. So, mm-hmm. Ryan, which game are you looking at? I mean, I like some storylines in all of these, but from the ones you guys haven't talked about yet, I think Edmonton, Saskatchewan, the most interesting, and I know, you, Phil, you talked about it uh, a little bit there about Trey Ford. That's the most interesting to me because when the Elks had that long losing streak to start the year, their two most winnable games in that stretch were against the Riders. They had the first one where they got stopped three times at the goal line and couldn't punch it in and lost that one there. Then they had the second one where they lost because of the single point uh, on the kickoff there late in the game. So, you know, they played those games close, and that was a whole different Elks team. Like, this Elks offense has been revitalized ever since uh, Jerry's Jackson took over as head as not head coach, but as offensive coordinator. Yeah, yeah, maybe we'll get there eventually. <laughs> stupid coach's cap. Um, yeah, you know, Jerry's Jackson as offensive coordinator and Trey Ford as quarterback you know, has added so much life to this offense. And mm-hmm. so, you know, these were close matchups between those two teams. I feel like it's always a bit of an interesting game when they play each other. And if the Elks have any hope of keeping their playoff hopes alive here, they, they got to win a game, uh, right? Like they're 3-10 and 10 on the season. Uh, I guess team to beat for them right now, Hamilton's at 5-7, and seven, so they got to, they got to get at least three wins currently to get back into a playoff spot. You're kind of running out of time uh, right. late in the season there. So I think that's my game of the week here as well. Um, any other major storylines uh, either on the other side of some of these matchups we've talked about or uh, in, I guess, the one game we haven't talked about uh, from either of you? Uh, the only other one that I've got here right now uh, it is the Saskatchewan-Edmonton game. I want to see that secondary do something this week. I mean, if you watched Williams last week in the, with the Rough Riders and even Nick Marshall, unfortunately, and a few of the other guys, that secondary got burned. And, I mean, it got burned bad. Uh, so it'll be very interesting to see what kind of a comeback game they have, uh, as well as also it'll be very interesting to uh, see what Pete Robertson does after coming back off of that suspension. Is he going to be up and getting in guys uh, kind of, he's a physical guy. He likes to be uh, up in guys' faces, you know, maybe not this close as he got to Zach Kalaros, but he does like going and talking and working and uh, kind of doing that sort of game as well. Is he going to be a little bit off of that game a little bit because of the suspension? I sure hope not, but uh, it'll be very interesting to see what Robertson does this week and also how Nick Marshall and again, I think it was uh, uh, one of the, I think his name was Williams and the riders that I was watching uh, to see how they do coming back off of that uh, bad game against the Bombers. Yeah, I got to agree with that. I think that's something that we were missing was the energy. I think the energy that Pete gave until the headbutt was crucial to us. I think there's a difference between good energy and negative energy and that. And just it was a dumb decision. Things happen. Live and learn. But the other game that I think I'm, I'm really interested in seeing is uh, Toronto and Montreal. I really like to see that rematch from the East final. I like what they did earlier in the season. That was a banger of a game that they had in Montreal. Um, I, I just think with, with Montreal, it's so weird offensively because you got Austin Mack, you got William Stanback, you got Cody Fajardo, you got other weapons. But 
can Chris, I'm not sorry, um, Jason Moss get out the way and let Anthony Calvillo call the entire game at some point? There's a difference. I've mentioned it before. I'll say it again. There's a difference in the play calling when Anthony does it. Um, as far as also their defense, they picked up Darnell Sankey. So that box is filled. And my guy, Reggie Stubblefield, is going to have a baller of a game. Sean's going to do his thing. They're, they they got past, present, and future on this defense. Every level from the from the front line, the backers, because he's a tackle machine, and then you got Reggie, who could be the future. So I'm, I'm going to talk my mess when it comes to Reggie, because I love Reggie. Um, but, yeah, that's what I – and Toronto, we got to remember also with Toronto, these last few – these are the last few games of Andrew Harris's career. So we, we got to, like, give him his flowers for what he's done for the league and also just how he represented himself and also the dominance that he's had. He might win, what is it, four in a row? Four, four technically now? It'll be four if they win it again this year. Yeah. I ain't seen nothing like that since the – let me say it correctly – the Edmonton blank run they had. So – we, we got to give it props to that one. So that's what I'm looking at storyline-wise. These are the last few games of Andrew Harris, and I love Andrew. He's passing the baton to AJ. We're going to see. Yeah, I thought uh, I thought Andrew Harris was crazy coming back for one more season after, you know, three straight Grey Cups. Like, yeah. like uh, are you really – like, how can you top that? Well, he, he might top it with a fourth this year, the way the Argos are playing so far. Yeah. You know, on that note, the big storyline there for me – we're in week 15 of the season, and if the Argos win this game, they clinch first place in the East Division. Uh, nobody can catch them, which means the final six weeks of the season mean absolutely nothing for them besides practice uh, for the playoffs. Uh, so, you know, if the Argos can go out and win this one, they got no bye weeks left, but basically every game is a bye week. You can rotate guys in and out. You can rest them. Does Andrew Harris get a couple of games uh, more opportunities down the stretch uh, to, you know, give, give AJ Olette fresh legs for the playoffs. You have to wonder, I think it's two weeks from now, Harris makes his uh, first uh, return and first and final return to Winnipeg because uh, he didn't get to last season in Argo's uniform. You know, do they give him more of a chance in that one? I don't think the coaches go and play that kind of game where it's like, okay, well, this is this guy's last game here, so I'm going to give him the opportunity like the Argos win this week, why not, right? Like you've got nothing to play for unless it's to send Winnipeg a message of, yeah, we'll see you in the finals type of thing. Uh, you better watch out potentially. There's a lot of football to be played before we get to those two teams facing in the finals for sure. Uh, I'm not saying I'm not saying it's gonna happen. I saw the eye rolls there. No, no, no. I I, I roll my eyes because I hear all these idiots and pundits and media people talking about this is a statement. You're gonna this is the the, the pre matchup before the Great Cup or the Super Bowl. Man, them players ain't thinking about we we don't we don't talk about that. I don't know where these key hot takes and words this this is where this is the game where we're, we're looking at the precursor for the championship and they they want to do it they want to make a statement to them like we'll see man i don't they, we don't talk about that it's another game we're we gonna we're gonna whoop your ass you're gonna try and whoop our ass we'll see <laughs> if we see you down the line we see you down the line so i i just hate when people say that stuff mm. yeah. not you piece. not you not you bro not you it's just i know some people are gonna sit and say well this is the statement this is what this is what Toronto wanted to do. Let Andrew rest. Let AJ rest. Like, come on, we gonna see y'all. 
Yeah, and yeah. I, I fully agree with that sentiment as well, where it's like uh, the bulletin board material for the players that we it's always talked about. I don't we don't have bulletin boards in, in locker rooms no more. We got wait, wait, who 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 is the who is the idiot sitting here saying this is bulletin board? This ain't the two thousands where you actually have bulletin boards. We we tweet it, we tweet it, or exit whatever you want to call it. Yeah, Ooh, no, I, no, exactly. I mean, every team is zero and zero starting a the week. They don't care who it is the next week. They just are waiting right. to play the next. They want to play that team that they're right lined up against right now, and that's it. Not everybody is Michael Jordan where everything – I took that personal. Not everybody takes every damn thing personal. Just go play the game. Like, come on. Yeah, I'm off my soapbox now. I'm hungry. <laughs> uh, the only other thing, I guess, in that Toronto-Montreal game to keep in mind as well is uh, Austin Mack. I mean, he's coming back off of that mini suspension. They technically had a whole game off to think about his little punch to the head. Uh, what do you guys – What did, first of all, I know we. I didn't get your thoughts on this, Phil, because I wanted to see because of uh, the Pete Robertson incident and the Austin Mack incident. What was your thoughts? Go. Well, after 15,000 views of that tweet, I think everybody knows what I think about Pete. But uh, I think I think I think with Pete, both of them guys made it was knucklehead decisions. And and when emotions are high, logic is low. Like I always say. it happens, man. And, and people, you can tell the difference between people that have played actual sports and people that stayed at home and did play with doilies. You feel me? Like, we're human. We make mistakes as coaches, players, people in organizations. You have to remember that. we we It happens. But for people to say, label him a dirty player and say, oh, he's just like Garrett Marino, ain't no – I almost said a bad word. Uh <laughs> Ain't nobody as bad as Garrett Marino. Garrett Marino is the worst form of football player I've ever seen in my life. For real. So Pete Robertson is not that. Pete's a good dude. He apologized. He held himself accountable. We can move on from it. Now, we did. it, it did affect us, I think, going into the Banjo Bowl, but it was what it was. Austin Mack, on the other hand, man, it's a scrum. Shit happens. Let it go. It's what it is. So you're telling me that the Winnipeg fan that wanted to see seven games on Pete Robertson? Oh, they over dramatic. They over. So, so no, 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 no. That scrum that we had before with them, when Andrew Harris was ripping people's helmets off, and Nick Dempsey, y'all, y'all, I love this about Blue Bomber fans. Y'all never, ever, ever want to talk about what you do. But when everybody else do it, y'all are the first ones to sit there and say he should be suspended for seven games the rest of the season to make it beneficial for y'all. I see what I y'all be doing. Football fans in general. And that's why I say there's watching football and watching football. There's and, a big difference. And remember last week when I ranted on the Bomber fans and the Bomber, uh, even the Bomber media and the Bomber players and coaches for crying for a suspension. He I, was going to get suspended I, I, regardless. Oh, yeah. <sighs> yeah. Adam, I'm just annoyed you had to bring up this Austin Mack thing. You really had to rub it in after you beat me in the fantasy matchup because he was my captain this week and got that zero points. I mean, let's face it, I had him too, so. <laughs> Not as the captain, though. But... No, fair, but I mean. It's okay. We'll, we'll, talk, we'll talk later on in the show about that. 
only other storyline, last one here for me that I'm watching this week on the Winnipeg side actually is this team play a good game on the road because I don't know if they actually have this year. Uh, the last couple of home games have gone really well, but last road game, they lost in an OT in Saskatchewan before that. You know, a low-scoring win over Calgary, that was kind of ugly. Game before that was the uh, dismal start against the Elks that they, I mean, they came back and won to their credit, but that one was a gong show all the way across the board. Uh, the overtime loss in Ottawa before that, a uh, low-scoring win over Montreal, and then well, the one in, in Saskatchewan earlier in the year that was a uh, high-scoring affair all the way around. So, you know, it seems like the team has not played its best game. Like, is this another trap game against the team with the, like the Ticats coming off of this big win? Uh, you would think, you know, the talent level between the teams and the way they've been playing this year that it's, it's going to be a big Bombers win, perhaps. I'm not so sure, and we'll talk about that a little bit later on when we get to our betting picks in the show. Um, any more storylines here? If not, uh, or I guess, yeah, anything else uh, ahead this week you guys want to talk about? Uh, I mean, I mean, I just wanted to mention that the Bombers are now 1-2 and two against third-string quarterbacks this year. Just thought I'd bring it up there and to play in Hamilton this week. We have a great history of not doing great against quarterbacks that should not do great against us. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's true, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it happens a lot. Uh, if no more storylines, we're going to get more fantasy players to watch and stuff in a little bit here. But, Coach Phil, I know you got to run. You've had a busy day. you got stuff to do yet tonight. Uh, first of all, thanks for taking the time to join us in your busy schedule. This has been a blast. We've had a lot of fun. Uh, if you've been seeing the chat comments here, I'm not sure yeah, if you can I'm see them on your side. They've been flowing all night. Lots of love for Coach Phil here uh, from people who follow you. And uh, I, I got to say, uh, you might be the biggest CFL celebrity on Twitter or X or whatever. Every time I scroll, somebody's talking about Coach Phil uh, over there, and I see stuff going on. So, uh, yeah, excited to get a chance to meet you and chat with you. Hey, hey, hey. I'm, like I tell everybody, man, I'm just all jokes aside. I'm just a brother that's pretty good at what he's doing right now, man. I There are some like, guys like you and everybody else, and I'm not on y'all level. I, I will humbly say that. I'm not a celebrity. I'm not a star. I'm just – I'm grateful for y'all. I'm grateful for everybody else in CFL family. And I don't really buy into all that. I appreciate it. It's nice, but I don't. Nah, man. I'm just a normal guy, man. Well, where can people find everything you've got? Uh, plug whatever you want here before we let you go. Uh, where can people find you doing normal guy stuff? <laughs> uh, ain't nothing normal about me, though, sometimes. Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> Uh, obviously Instagram, uh, Coach Phil four two five, X Twitter, whatever Elon's calling it now, uh, Coach Phil reacts. Uh, what else? Uh, I got a Discord. Uh, go mess with that, I guess. And uh, mainly, I just do Twitter and oh, I got TikTok. I kind of post on there, Coach Phil four two five. But mainly, I'm like IG and Twitter. So. Follow me on there and subscribe to my channel. That's the most, I almost forgot that. The most important part of it, my YouTube, subscribe to my channel, Coach Phil Reacts 425. Let's keep growing. And thank you guys so much for having me. I love what you guys do. And uh, we got to do this again sometime. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. absolutely yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, hopefully we can see you there on October 21st and uh, see another Rough Rider win together, I guess, maybe this time. We're going to get it done. We go. Oh, and one more thing before I go. I, I just would like to say this. 
publicly as I shimmy real quick. Michael Ball, anywhere, anytime, anyhow, you want to have a debate, you want to go back and forth. You ain't met nobody like me because I ain't from Canada. I'm from the States. And I, if you want to go to the abyss with me, come to the abyss with me. Thank y'all. And he's out. And he's gone. <laughs> uh, great, great way to end it off. Can't top that. Uh, no, it's been an absolute, absolute pleasure. And of course, you're invited back anytime you want. Just let us know and uh, we'll get yeah. you back in here. Uh, but we'll let you go here for this evening off to uh, to get to your other things. Oh, Adam's got one more thing. Yeah, yeah. One, one more quick thing. What are your picks this week? Who, who you got in the four games? Ooh, that's a tough one. Uh, I got Toronto winning, but it's Montreal's game to lose because Montreal has a incredible chance to beat Toronto because they put up that one the last time they played each other. Great game they had. Uh, that was early season game of the year right there. Edmonton, Saskatchewan, you keep trading the pocket. You got a chance to win. We're gonna do our thing. I ain't worried about nothing with us. I said that last. I said that on Sun, on uh, Saturday. Bit me in the ass. Uh, Winnipeg, Hamilton. I got Winnipeg winning, but by a smidge, barely. It's it's gonna come down to the wire. If Winnipeg has the ball near the end, they're gonna run the clock out. If Hamilton has a chance, they're gonna feed JB. Uh, Ottawa, BC is actually a sleeper game, but pretty fun. So I'm gonna go with. Uh, I'm gonna go with BC. BC for the win, but I love I love the Red Blacks too, man. Bob Dice is my guy. Right on. Uh, we'll, we'll see how those picks work out. Probably better than any of ours, uh, <laughs> given our track records this season. Well, I should speak for myself. Adam's done a good job. I've done terrible. Uh, we'll see. Just don't uh, ask we'll... me about fantasy. <laughs> well, I'm gonna ask you about that right away, Adam. So I uh, hope you're ready for that. Uh, but Coach Phil, thanks again for your time this evening. Uh, round of applause, everybody. Uh, I don't want to edit it, so I'll just clap into the microphone. Uh, <laughs> there we go. Round of applause for Coach Phil, and uh, thanks for stopping by, and have a good rest of your day. All right, y'all. Take care. Be safe out there. All right. Have a good one. Thank you. Take care. All right. And that was Coach Phil joining us to chat all about CFL fandom, content creation, uh, and experiences going to the CFL games uh, this year. Uh, Adam, that was a lot of fun, wasn't it? Absolutely, it was fun. I mean, I uh, I don't know how much uh, we're going to be allowed to share this in uh, close to the Regina media, but, you know, I think we'll be all good. <laughs> yeah, no, that was great. Everything about that was a fun time. Was awesome, uh, yeah. Well, uh, let's get on to the rest of the show here, just you and I for the rest of it. Uh, again, we kind of went game by game, or we're not doing the game by game approach uh, this time around. So uh, we talked about the storylines already for all of them. So let's get into some fantasy players to watch this week. And I figure we'll go position by position. So we'll start off uh, with the quarterbacks here. Seems like a logical place to start. Uh, I've got three names on the list this uh, week for you, and they're all decently priced. Vernon Adams Jr. is the biggest one uh, and probably the one I'm going to lock in without question. 20.1 fantasy point average on the year, 25.1 in his last three games. He's only had one game under 15 points on the season, which is the game he got injured. Uh, he's one of the top quarterbacks in the league, no doubt about it. Oh, and he also faces the Ottawa terrible pass defense who give up 21.7 fantasy points to quarterbacks. 
Uh, yeah, lock Vernon Adams Jr. in. Fingers crossed. Maybe I shouldn't, so I don't ruin it for the rest of you. Make him your captain. Uh, no doubt about it with VA this week. Uh, if you're not going that direction, I also do like Zach Caleros at $14,500. He is coming off a season best 33.9 point performance uh, and a 17 plus points in nine of his 12 games so far this season. Pretty safe bet. Put up bundles of touchdowns each week, 11 touchdowns in his last three games. Ticats give up second most in the league to quarterbacks at 18.5 points per game. And Claros did torch the Ticats in week one. Uh, and I think he can deliver another big week here. Uh, also, I've got Trey Ford on the list. I mean, how can you not at $10,000? He has the highest average fantasy points per game among all quarterbacks in the CFL at 21.9. Also, here's a crazy stat for you. He has the second highest rushing average in the CFL. Quarterbacks, running backs, all included 80.2 rushing yards per game for Trey Ford, which only trails Brady Oliveira. Uh, it's an absolutely insane average. It's a, it gives you a major, it makes him a major fantasy threat every week, uh, even though he really hasn't established himself as a passer much. Plus, you're going to like this one, Adam. You know how well Elks running quarterbacks do against the Riders' defense. See, you know, Taylor Cornelius having his few good games against them. Uh, let's see what Trey Ford can do against that Riders defense. Uh, quarterbacks, uh, what are the options you're considering this week? I'm looking at Jake Dolagala. The only reason that is is because he's fairly reasonable, $8,000. Uh, I'm considering that because I think he may have a pretty good game and a bounce-back game against the Edmonton Elks. Uh, if there's one piece that the Elks are maybe a little bit weaker on, and I'd say just a smidge weaker is probably in their secondary, I Really don't know what it is, but Furifoy and Ganey just don't scare me like they used to. Uh, so that could be one thing. And the other reason I'm not, and again, Trey Ford is another guy I was looking at for a little bit. Uh, Trey Ford I don't like because of the fact that Pete Robertson's coming back this week, and I think the Riders are just going to pin their ears back and try to grab him in the backfield, as Trey Ford has had a very, very poor uh, passer rating, and uh, making passes is... Uh, yardage, I don't think has been up there with all the other quarterbacks in the league. Uh, so that being said, I'm probably going to go with Vernon Adams because he's probably the surest pick that we've got. And you know what? He's not the max priced. So yeah, I'm probably going to pick BA in the end, but uh, definitely thinking the other two as well. All right, let's talk running back options for this week. I've got quite a few on the list, so I'll give you a couple and then I'll turn it over to Adam and then uh, I'll finish off the list here. Do I even need to explain why Brady Oliveira is on the list at $13,300? Like, do I? Uh, well, I will. He's the best running back in the CFL. He's the guaranteed lock for most outstanding Canadian, and I don't even think there's an argument, uh, I mean, to be made against it. He averages 88 rushing yards a game this year and a wild 120.3 in his last three. He's on pace for over 1,500 yards, one of the best Canadian rushing seasons of all time. Add in his receiving totals, add in his touchdown consistency, and he's got 20-plus fantasy points in five of his last six games. The Ticats also give up the third most to running backs with 14 points per game there as well. I would strongly consider making him a captain choice this week. Also, I also like uh, Kevin Brown at $11,000. Conveniently, the, the 
change to Jarius Jackson at offensive coordinator and Trey Ford's rushing ability have also opened things up for Kevin Brown the past five games. He's averaged 97.4 rushing yards sort of in that time. So a really strong uh, stretch of games here for him. Downside is he doesn't get many check down passes because Ford's just going to take off and run in those situations himself. But I think the solid volume of carry, he has uh, carries, he has the ability to break out those long runs as well, uh, which I think can bring a good fantasy potential there. And one more name I will give you before I hand it over to Adam is AJ Olette at $12,300. Ask and ye shall receive. I mentioned last week how he brings a solid floor but hadn't scored a rushing touchdown since week number four. And sure enough, boom, he rattled off two against the Alouettes last week, who he faces again in this game. But what I like the most is not the two touchdowns. It's the 19 carries he got. He's got an average of 14.5 in his last four games. And it's a rematch against the Owls. They're pretty good at shutting down the pass, but not the run. So I expect a lot more of the same there. Uh, Adam, what are you looking at as your running back options for the week? Well, the first one I'm going to look at is uh, Brady Oliveira. I mean, any questions or should I start explaining why I want to pick a Winnipeg Blue Bomber running back? I mean, it sucks that I have to, but you know what? He's playing the Hamilton Tiger Cats. The Tiger Cats give up a lot of running yards, and it's Brady Oliveira. This game could be a running just spectacle, in all honesty. I mean, he might get 100 yards before halftime, for all we know. I mean, he almost did it last week against, uh, you know, the other team that he, they played. But nevertheless, uh, also I'm looking at Deontay Williams on the Ottawa Red Black sideline. Uh, $8,000, a little bit more reasonable of a pick. Uh, the reason is he's been having some pretty good games as of late. He had a good one against the Edmonton Elks. He's had now a good one against the Hamilton Tiger Cats. I don't know if the BC Lions are a team to really run against, but I don't know. I, I think that maybe there's something there. Uh, the run defense hasn't been the best lately of the Winnipeg, of the BC Lions. So, yeah, I think I'm going to pick Deontay Williams. And definitely, no question of a doubt, if there's ever a lock on my page, uh, this will be the first time I probably say it's a lock. Brady Oliveira ain't going off my page this week. Yeah, I, I think he's pretty, uh, pretty easy to lock in there. I was thinking Devontae Williams as well. I was close to putting him on the list. Uh, but I'm going to go... At the same price of $9,000 for a different option here. And I think I'm going to add Jamal Morrow to the list. Uh, Morrow this year, you know, he hasn't been flashy with his rushing average, but he's gotten the he's gotten the volume of carries here uh, this season uh, a lot more than he has in the past. You know, 10-plus carries in every game, but one besides the last two matchups against Winnipeg. Uh, and Winnipeg's normally pretty good at shutting running backs down. So, you know, Jamal Morrow's gotten the volume of carries. We know he can uh, get a high volume of passes going his way at times, and I think, you know, after after last week's struggles, uh, maybe Drake Dolegal should be looking at dumping some of those off to Morrow a little more often. And also, it's just the big matchup against the Elks, who give up 17.2 points per game to starting running backs. It's the best running back matchup to pick against. Uh, and Morrow still, uh, I think, has the numbers that it could be worth it. Uh, also, on that note, you know, if you're going to pick Riders running backs against this Elks matchup, a deep sleeper for me this week is Thomas Bertrand Houdon, uh, the backup running back. 
for the riders at $2,500. Uh, the top lineup of the week last week put up over 200 fantasy points. Happened to have this guy in their lineup, and he delivered, uh, I think it was just seven fantasy points. But at $2,500, that's all you need. Five carries for 41 yards, two catches for 12 for him last week. I wonder if the riders start getting him a little more involved in that offense as well, especially if they have a big rushing day against the Elks here. And the last name I'll mention, and boy, do I have a lot of running backs on the list this week, which scares me a bit because it's like, if I think every running back is good, which one's the best? It's hard to pick uh, from there. But Walter Fletcher, $4,600. Check the depth chart, but if he's listed high on it, I think it's a medium risk. High reward play. In two of the last three games he's played, he's scored over 10 points, uh, due in large part to his pass-catching ability. Only five carries last week, but five receptions for 52 yards. Uh, and I'd love to see them keep using him in this role. We talk a lot about the difference in the NFL game, how they have that pass, uh, you know, passing down back. I wonder if Walter Fletcher can become that for this Alouettes team and could be worth a saving there. That's where we're at for running backs. Let's get into wide receivers. Again, number of different names at wide receiver here as well. Um, Adam, give me one name at wide receiver that you're looking at first, and then I'll give a couple and we'll ping pong back and forth. Well, I'm going to go with one that's really, really, really gone cheap. And they tried to get him in effect last week a little bit against the Bombers. It didn't work so well. But I think this week he has an opportunity to probably uh, – definitely capitalize. It's Keon Schaefer-Baker. I mean, $6,000, a very cheap option. He's got to have one of those big blowout games. He's got to. And you know what? It's the Edmonton Elks. It's an opportunity here for him to shine. I think if there was ever a game where Keon Schaefer-Baker could have a big blowout, this could be the one here. So yeah, give me Schaefer-Baker. Yeah, I've got Schaefer-Baker on the list as well at $6,000. Right slot back, Elks give up 10.1 points per game to it, the second worst in the CFL. And he's half the price of the other wide receivers on, on the riders. I agree with you. Schaefer-Baker, I mean, Dolan Gallon didn't miss him when he was wide open in the end zone on that first drive last week for the riders. I have to wonder what could have been uh, if they got that early momentum there. And they tried to go back to him a couple times, just couldn't hit the target. So, I think he's the most talented wide receiver on the team, and he's half the price of a Tevin Jones or a Sean Bain. So if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out for Schaefer Baker there. Uh, let me give you some of my uh, – I'll give you – I'll start with two of my biggest names at receiver here. Again, one I'm ready to lock into the lineup, and I'm not even going to question it. Keon Hatcher at $12,000. He is the highest, has the highest average among all wide receivers in basically every statistical category. Leads the way in fantasy points, targets, catches, receiving yards, and he's like fifth in touchdown average. Uh, you can't ask for much more from that. And this week you get the added bonus of an absolutely glorious positional matchup. Uh, left slot back against Ottawa is the second most advantageous receiver positional matchup in the league. They give up 15.8 points per game to the position. You stack Keon Hatcher with VA, you make one of them your captain, and you're probably honestly close to hitting 100 points on the week. Uh, at least 50. I, I think you hit there between those guys, uh, maybe 70. Uh, and the other one I like, Tim White at 11500 Tim White is back to what we expected he would be. Last week, 12 targets, 7 catches, 180 yards, 2 touchdowns, 
38.8 fantasy points and a fantasy matchup victory for one team, Adam, over myself. Tim White was the reason you beat me this week, man. Uh, and he's playing good ball lately. Three of his last four games, he's got seven-plus catches and 100-plus receiving yards. He's fifth in the league in receiving yards, despite his really slow start to the season. Tough match against the Bombers. They shut down left slot back, but none of the other matchups are good against the Bombers either, so that shouldn't really deter them from throwing things Tim White's way. I like that play this week. Those are kind of my two of my top receivers I want in my lineup if I can afford them. Uh, give me another name on your end here, Adam. Yeah, on my end, I've got actually, again, I, I mean, I'm probably going to get tarred, feathered, and sent east across the border into Manitoba. But I'm picking another Winnipeg Blue Bomber, actually. Uh, I am looking at Dalton Schoen. Uh, he's always consistent. He gets you a lot of points. Yes, he's 14000 I get it. He's expensive. But they're playing a Hamilton team that really hasn't shown a whole lot in their secondary this year. And I really like the matchup against him right now. So that's what I'm looking at. And I'll give you even the other one that I am thinking about right now. Well, the other receiver I had was Keon Hatcher. I mean, that one there is just about as much of a lock as Brady Oliveira, but not quite. Just namely because, you know, it's not, not Brady Oliveira. Uh, other than that, the other receiver that I'm really considering in here is Nick Dembski. I think he's had some pretty good games against the Ticats as well. And you know what? He's got to get going sometime here. The only problem I got with Winnipeg players, again, you could take Dembski, you could take Lawler, you could take Dalton Schoen, you could take Drew Olatarski, although I think he's injured right now. So maybe uh, Rashid Bailey even has some big games once in a while for him. That's the problem with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers receivers. You don't know which one to take. Uh, unless you can go and somehow sneak out Mike O'Shea's playbook and see what exactly he's calling for that week or Buck Pierce's playbook. Otherwise, yeah, you don't know who's going to get the football at any time. So uh, I'm going to go right now. I'm thinking Dalton Schoen. That may change just because I don't know which bomber to take. Yeah, that's my dilemma as well, right? Uh, uh, Kenny Lawler's the one I've thrown on the list here for me just because he's got the price of 10000 Uh You can't really bank on target share uh, with the bombers. You're really just banking on, I can't believe I'm saying this, touchdown share and big play share, which is a scary thing to bank on. But if you want to stack them with Zach Caleros, if you want to, you know, get a piece of that Bombers offense, and if they're going to play like they did this past week, it really doesn't matter which one you pick. I mean, it does to some extent because you could have picked McDemsky uh, and only gotten the one catch uh, while Dalton Schoen got three touchdowns. But that's, it's hard to bank either way on them. So I, I feel iffy on it, but I like putting Lawler in there for a piece of that Bombers offense. Uh, he scored a touchdown in five of his seven games on the year, and he still does average 6.4 targets per game. So he still gets those opportunities, even if, uh, even if the touchdown doesn't show up in this one. A couple more higher-priced options here that I'm looking at, and then we'll get into uh, cheaper value plays uh, also. And uh, we'll see, Adam, if you have any other uh, cheap value plays for us there as well. Um, do I want to put him on the list? I'll throw Eugene Lewis in here at $10,000. He's really been gun establishing himself back as what we thought he'd be for the Alps this year. Eight targets and five catches in each of his last two games. Uh, 14.9 fantasy points in his last uh, average in his last three. 
and then it's kind of been an underutilized passing game from the Elks. So if that's his floor based on them not passing a ton, we know what his ceiling can be. So I think it's a big boomer bust play uh, despite the tough matchup uh, against the Riders. Uh, Eugene Lewis getting more involved uh, in that one there. I'm also going to play the matchup game here and throw Lucky Whitehead out there. I mean, bank on Vernon Adams throwing for over 300 yards and a couple of touchdowns uh, against the Ottawa Red Blacks. So uh, left wideout does score the most in the league at 12.1 points uh, against Ottawa. It's best left wideout matchup in the CFL. And Lucky Whitehead, he's had a disappointing year at time, you know, quite a bit so far this season. Uh, but he comes in cheap at $7,500, and he's still in a lot of games, you know, getting six, seven, eight targets a game on the season. So I, I think it's a good matchup, and maybe this is one of his breakout games here for Lucky Whitehead. I do see a question in the chat about Stephen Dunbar. I believe he was placed on the six-game injured list this week, uh, so he will be out for a little while there. Um, that does give an opportunity for... Uh, one more Edmonton receiver possibly to get going. And I don't know. I was liking to say Dylan Mitchell because he was on my team at one time and he was a pretty good guy. I thought he was pretty good. But you know what? Kyron Moore has actually had a sneaky good off uh, season so far this year. So he may be a decent value pick if you're kind of looking for a guy uh, to get you some of those touchdowns. And, hey, revenge game against the Riders. Maybe means something. Apparently it doesn't if you're uh, listening to Coach Phil. <laughs> yeah, revenge games mean nothing if I learned one thing today. Um, Follow-up question here. So more targets for Eugene Lewis? I I don't think so, really, because Dunbar in his last three games has only gotten like four, two to four targets a game. So maybe you get one or two more for Lewis. Uh, but I don't think that's enough to really tip the scales for me. It's more so tipping the scales of, uh, you know, Eugene Lewis is just that good and maybe took some time to get going again after injury, but uh, the connection is going to continue to grow. Oh boy, Adam, I still got, uh, let's see, one, two, three, four more wide receiver names for you this week. I'm trying to go with more options at different price levels. You know, full disclosure, when I mention these players on the podcast, this is the player pool I'm picking from for, for the week. Unless depth charts change a little bit uh, and, you know, injuries happen and the new guy gets in there, that's a good value play. Whatever I mentioned on the show on Wednesday night, I'm picking from that pool uh, when it comes to uh, setting my lineup for the week. Uh, So I want to make sure to include uh, a range of options at different prices here uh, that I think could be good plays depending how you set your budget. Tyler Sneed, $6,000. Last week, only five points on the week for him. It was a disappointment, but the Owls' whole offense was thrown off when Austin Mack got thrown out uh, because Mack demands just so much extra attention from the defense. Him in the back this week, I think I'm willing to go back to the well with Tyler Sneed and see if my good old tried and true left slot back against the Argos, best matchup of any wide receiver position in the league, can deliver as it normally does. But check the depth chart because the injury report points out that Kion Julian Grant might be back in the lineup this week for the Alouettes off the injured list, which could take a uh, solid uh, target share uh, back as well. Um, So we'll see 
we'll see how that uh, affects things and where guys line up and whether Greg Ellingson is back as well. I don't think so. Uh, not that I saw, but uh, we'll wait for the depth chart on that one. Uh, do you have any more names to, to throw out here to, to interject before I list the last couple of them? No, not overly. I mean, the one that we've been all running on kind of for the last little bit has been Jarrah Stearns uh, for the Rough Riders. I mean, he's five and a half thousand. He's not bad, but I don't see the points or the uh, value out of him anymore. I mean, they seem to be aiming for Schaefer Baker more. Uh, they still go to Kevin Jones a lot. They go to Samuel MLS a lot. Uh, it seems like he's just the odd man out right now. Unfortunately, I think he's a really good player, Jarrett Stearns, but it just doesn't seem like he's getting the look. So uh, maybe a player to avoid. I was going to bring that one up because I know that he's very cheap and he's on the starting lineup for the Riders. But yeah, just maybe keep away from him just because of the uh, maybe the lack of uh, targets uh, going to Jarrett Stearns. That was my thoughts there as well. Uh, I'll talk about a former rider, though, and that's Shaq Evans with the Ottawa Red Blacks at $5,600. At that price, you need 8.4 fantasy points to get your value, and in four of his last five games, he's hit between 7.1 and 8.4. Not really an exciting fantasy total yet from him, but he's serviceable. He's consistent for the price. He also has uh, Ottawa's best positional matchup at wide receiver against the Lions. They give up 11.4 to that spot, uh, third worst in the league. So maybe that favorable matchup garners just a couple of extra looks from Dustin Crumb to make it extra worth it. And then we get into the real bargain bin here. The low under $3,000 prices. I've got two of them. Uh, again, check your depth charts because that could affect it. But Omar Bayless of the Hamilton Tiger Cats at $2,800. Duke Williams was out last week. I expect Duke Williams probably be out again and him to get another start. Uh, last week in his first start, four catches on four targets for 53 yards. Starting receiver at this price is almost always worth a look if you need an extreme value play to stack your lineup elsewhere. Uh, so I like Bayless as an option there potentially. But the one I like the most... Uh, is going to be Tommy Neald at $2,500. Who had Tommy Neald as the, the, the Argos leading receiver last week? Anyone? Anyone? Put your hand up. Uh, no, no, we can I, determine liars. <laughs> yeah. Six catches on seven targets for 84 yards as the backup for him last week, and that's at the bare minimum price. He was the best value play of the week if anybody had the guts to put him in their lineup then. Well, I might consider putting him in the lineup now. Curly Gittins Jr. is out this week. Cam Phillips is questionable, um, which should keep him in line for an opportunity to start. The Argos offense is explosive. Why not give it a shot and see if he can deliver again for the price? That's where we're at at wide receiver. Then we go to my least favorite part, which is picking a defense. Uh, And honestly, I have nothing written in here for this because I don't love any of the defensive options. Uh, None of them are worth, none of them are going to deliver you the value. That's what we've learned over the course of the season is the defenses probably aren't going to give you the value. And if you're just looking to spend dirt cheap on it, I have to wonder, you know, which one is the best play? Like, you've got the Riders against Edmonton, but Trey Ford's done pretty good with with ball security. Uh, Vice versa, Edmonton against the Riders. I mean, Jake Dolgala doesn't throw interceptions uh, there either. 
Montreal faces Toronto, they don't get sacked. Like these are, and it's Ottawa against BC. Like these are the low priced options here. Adam, do you have a defense you're favoring here at all, or are you just going uh, dirt cheap? Yeah, I'm going to go with the absolute cheapest defense I can because that's the way to play defense. Uh, honestly, there is nothing I like in this. The Toronto defense is too much. I don't see the uh, Alouette throwing a whole lot of stuff around. Uh, I mean, that's probably your best bet if you're actually wanting to pick a defense for points, I think. Uh, or the BC defense, you might get a couple out of crumb. I don't know if you will or not, though. I, I really don't see it either. Uh, I mean, the Ottawa defense is usually pretty terrible at uh, blocking up for uh, uh, for your offensive, uh, for wide receivers. So you're going to get burned if you pick them. You might be in a negative, like I had last week against the Montreal, with the Montreal Alouettes defense. I think I had a negative four. Uh, yeah, honestly, I probably will take the Riders' defense. I think they maybe have the best opportunity to maybe get a couple, and I think that they're going to be annoyed because of last week. So that's the only reason. So, yeah, cheapest defense. Yeah, and Trey Ford did throw two picks last week, I believe. So there, I think there's room for that there. You know, Nick Marshall will probably jump a play and either get burned for a touchdown or take it back for a pick six. If you have the money, like don't save the money for a defense, but you mentioned BC against Ottawa, good matchup there to get a couple of sacks in there. You know, maybe Winnipeg against Hamilton if they're able to force a couple of uh, key turnovers there. Vice versa, Hamilton against Winnipeg. I mean, Zach Kolaros has thrown an interception in like seven straight games, I think it is. Uh, before this last week, this last week he barely missed a pass. Uh, they all went to the end zone over and over and over and over again. Uh, in the first half. Good times, right? Yeah, I enjoyed it. Great times. Uh, um, the radio was off after one minute into the first quarter. <laughs> I mean, it was bad. It was uh, It was great. It was good. Uh, but yeah, moral of the story, don't consider this, uh, you know, an endorsement of any of the defenses. Pick whatever you feel is your with your gut is the best within whatever money you have left over. Uh, and if more. you have a fantasy commissioner that insists that we have to play a defense, switch commissioners. <laughs> well, that's the, the league site makes you. You have to, so. I guess that's true. Yeah, there's no option this year. All right, those are our fantasy players to watch for this game. Adam, let's take a look at our betting picks for this week. Trey sent in the uh, the odds for us. He also sent in his picks. We start at the first game of the week, which is the uh, the Argos uh, visiting the Montreal Alouettes. Uh, Argos are at minus six and a half. The over-under is at 53 points uh, on this game. Oh, boy. Uh, do you want to go first on this one? Now, I was just taking a look here that I got a thing from Three Down Nation saying that uh, Bill Blake is now practicing with the Rough Riders. So, you know, that'd be pretty sweet. Uh, nevertheless, on this game here, I'm going to take the Argonauts uh, to win this one. Uh, but that is a very, very weird spread. And I think that it's very tough to beat teams twice in a row and dominate them twice in a row. Um Give me the Alouettes to cover this, but Argos are going to win it. Uh, and I'm going to go with the over on this one. Uh, I don't know. I think it's going to be a shootout in Montreal. And I was going to tell Coach Phil to go and check out the old uh, Toronto versus Montreal game in which uh, the Rouge ended up winning a game. 
I was going to tell him that. I forgot to, but uh, if he's listening afterwards, yeah, check out that game. That's a pretty fun one. You're taking Montreal to cover and you're taking the over. That's what you said, just to confirm there as well. I'm also taking the over. It scares me that it's at 53 um, because that's a really high number. Um, But I'll take it because the Argos put up points in bunches and their passing defense also isn't the greatest. But I'm going to take the Argos to cover the six and a half points here because Montreal, man, Montreal just doesn't know how to play against teams ahead of it in the standings. Like they've been blown out, I think, in almost every one of those games. They're not blown out. If not blown out, they've at least given up high point totals uh, in their last three games 39 points, 34, 47. This is the team we were talking about averaging like 15 points against per game before that this season. So I, I, I'm comfortable taking the Argos to lock up the uh, division. Uh, here in week number 15. Can't remember if I uh, said it before, but Trey is also taking the Argos and the over. So me and Trey agree on that game. Next game is the Edmonton Elks visiting the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. The Riders come in at two and a half point favorites at home. So does that mean the Elks are actually the favorite technically by half a point? Uh, if I'm understanding things correctly, I don't know. It's close line either way. Over under is at 46 and a half on this game. Um, oh boy. I think I'm going to, I'm going to take the Elks. They came so close early in the season, a couple of times in these matchups. Uh, and you know, we're looking at different, a couple of differences here. We're looking at Trey Ford on one side. We're looking at I think in those earlier matchups, it was Trevor Harris. Maybe it was Mason Fine in there as well. Now it's Jake Dolagala on the other side of the matchup. I will take the Elks to win this one, I think. And yeah, I'm going to take the under because the other two games between these teams were low scoring. I'm going to agree. Trey agrees with me. We're both going to go Edmonton under. Well, you guys are fools, but nevertheless, uh, the uh, riders, let's face it, it's something, and I know Phil just said in his thing that nobody matters about the last game or the game before or whatever, or the game after. They just care about the game now. In this case here, the Rough Riders, I think, are motivated. They just got blown right out of the water by the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. They want to show that they're still a relevant team in the West. Uh, I know that they didn't beat the Elks by much in the last two games. Uh, essentially it was a uh, Sims weird play that essentially cost him one and a third and goal that cost him the other. That being said, the Riders are one of these teams that seem like if they play a very good game, they can play an excellent game. And when they don't play good, they are terrible. So the Elks are moving up and I'll give them that they're better than they were. They lost Stephen Dunbar, which is a big piece for them. Uh, now I'm going to go with the Riders. Uh, I think that they win this one here uh, just because, again, they're at home. They're, they need the win. They need to prove themselves again uh, so nobody starts questioning them. And I'm going to go with the under on this game too, though. Uh, should be a good defensive battle. Uh, Serezna on the off defensive side of the Elks. And I think you're right. It's going to be what Pete Robertson can do and the rest of that defensive line can do to contain Trey Ford, make sure he doesn't run out of the uh, – Quarters. Now we get to the matchup I'm most excited to get takes on here. It's Winnipeg at Hamilton. The Bombers coming at six and a half point favorites 
The over-under is at 47.5. Trey is taking the Bombers to cover and is taking the over on this one. Adam, what are you taking? I'm going to take the Bombers. I'm going to take the under, though, because they just seem like a little bit high, 47.5. Unless the Bombers somehow can pull off 50 again. Uh, <laughs> I have a funny feeling they're not going to quite do that this time, this week. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, I'm going to go with the Bombers. I'm going to go with the under on this one. I just, I don't have much faith in Hamilton. Yes, they had a nice little comeback victory against the Ottawa Red Blacks. Yes, the Ottawa Red Blacks. I'm sorry, Ottawa's not the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, and the Bombers are coming off a huge victory. I don't think they're going to coast for the Ticats. I sure hope they don't, or this is going to be a trap game. I don't really see it. I see the Bombers winning, and I could see it by well more than six and a half. I miss Mike. I, I miss Mike's energy. I miss Mike's bold predictions on this show. So let me bring a little bit of Mike energy here for you. And Don't do it. Don't do it, man. I'm going to do it. This is my upset of the week. I'm taking the Ticats to cover. I'm taking the Ticats to win this week against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. I rattled it off earlier in the show. Yeah, you can write it down. I wrote it down in the document as well. There's proof of this. Um... I, I think, you know, I rattled off earlier in the show when we talked about storylines. The Bombers have not played great games on the road. Uh, I feel like a game against the Ticats is the type of game that's a trap game. And I think they've been playing better lately. Like, they beat Ottawa last week despite four days of rest against a team coming off a bye week. So, uh, you know, I, I, I've got that gut feeling on this one. I'm going to take the Ticats here uh, to win this game. I'm I'm going back and forth on the over-under. I, I feel like a Hamilton win, I would probably lean under. But I'm going to actually take the over because I could see I'm kind of towing the line on that one. And maybe this is more of a safe pick uh, for me here that if this does go the other direction, I think it's because the Bombers uh, are scoring a decent number of points. Uh, but I think Hamilton could potentially put some points on the board in this game as well. So I'm going to take the Ticats to win this game with the over. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Adam's so shocked by this. He uh, he disappeared, and I don't know if he's coming back. There he is. You know Hamilton's 1-5 at home, right? I don't care. Big Mike energy, remember? Uh, well, somebody's got to do the big girl. Anyways... Hey, Mike took the Detroit Lions to beat the Kansas City Chiefs this past week. So uh, look what happened there. Right. That was a crazy part. And he was right. And didn't he take that Riders upset over the BC Lions? So you know what? Yeah. Shout out to Mike. I'm doing this one for him. And uh, no, I am doing this. Uh, I, I I believe in this one. I uh, We'll see what happens with it. You know, Mike usually takes the reverse psychology on things, right? What do I have to lose? Have you seen my betting average this That's year? Fair. No, that, that is true. <laughs> All right, final game of the week. It's the Ottawa Red Blacks visiting the BC Lions. Uh, BC is uh, nine and a half point favorites. Over-under is at 46.5. I'm going to take the BC Lions uh, to win this one uh, and cover uh, the nine and a half point spread. I think it's Ottawa going out... Uh, out west to the to the west coast i think it's uh bc coming off the bye ottawa came off their bye last week 
and it was a disaster. And, you know, they let one slide against the Ticats. I just don't know if Ottawa's a good enough team to, to beat this beat well-rested Lions team. So I'm going to take the Lions to cover. I'm going to take the over on this one as well. I think I'm going, I guess I went under on the Edmonton game. I thought I went over on all of them. But it seems like we're getting a lot of scoring lately. So I'm going to go with the Lions and the over. Uh, Adam, what about you? Yeah, no, I'm going to go the same way. The Lions are going to blow out the Red Blocks. I think last week was the demoralizing and the kind of the nail in the coffin for the Red Blocks, unfortunately. Uh, they just haven't had very much luck lately. Uh, just generally trying to get something going. So uh, I'm going to go with the Lions and I'm going to go with the under. I just, I don't know what it is about this game here. And the Lions could either score a pile or they're going to score nothing. And my guess is they're going to score enough to beat the Red Blacks and they're going to score enough to, they're going to be 10 points over the Red Blacks. But I just don't see much more than that. So, uh, yeah, can we be seeing the under? All right. And Trey is taking the Red Blacks to cover uh, and he is taking the over in this matchup. Uh, those are our betting picks for this week. Last segment before we get to the wrap up here, and we're on the time crunch of that. Adam's running out of battery on his phone, so we'll see if uh, if Adam disappears. That's probably why. Uh, but we'll go quick here. CFL Fantasy League results and matchups. The CFC Private Draft League this past week. Uh, who had the top score? No, you don't want to talk about that one. On to the next. No, I mean, yeah, we could just get that one. I mean, we got to get the phone going here and make sure. <laughs> Uh, Trey had the top score of the week 106.5 points for him uh, Dalton Schoen AJ Olette, big weeks for them I had the next highest score of the week thanks to Tim White's 38.8 giving me 84.6 on the week wish you picked him up Adam or uh... no comment, move on alright, uh, Mike had 79.9, Brady Oliveira Kenny Waller, despite the zero from Austin Mack, he still put up that total Adam, 65.6 for yourself this week. Uh, Jake Mayer, you didn't want to pick him up. He was your highest scoring player of the week. So, All I can say is I got better than 17 points. So at least I'm allowed to stay in the podcast uh, or in our podcast uh, private draft. So. Yeah, there you go. No relegation round for you. Mike still leads the way. I'm about 40 to 50 points behind him. Trey is 150 behind me. Adam, you're another, uh, I don't know, uh, 80, 180, I think, behind Trey, if my quick math is right. You know, I think next year I'm going to recruit Coach Phil, and he's going to go and run my fantasy team. I think I'd probably have a better chance. Hey, there's no rule against that, technically. Uh, in the CFL Podcast Fantasy League, where we play against other podcast hosts, uh, this past week, uh, you did fall to Team Trey. Uh, Trey got the win over you in that one. Uh, he had a huge week, 144 points. So, you know, everything went Trey's way in fantasy, I feel like, uh, this past week. And he's not even here to quote about it. Uh, yeah, and I mean, like, when he had, like, I was looking at him, I'm like, you got Taylor Powell. Ha, 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 Yeah, that didn't end well for me, even though I had his point. I was trying to beat each player with their own, uh, their, their own, or each uh, guy with their own player. Uh, I tried to be Trey with uh, Ke- uh, Chad Kelly. Nope, that didn't work. Did you not hear Coach Phil talk about bulletin board material, Adam? You don't need. It doesn't work. Um, I had an off week because Austin Mack was my captain, so I did unfortunately fall to Oz from Rouge, White, and Blue. 
Uh, standings, though, I still do hold on to the first spot. I've got my playoff spot clinched. You and Trey are in ninth and 10th, just outside the playoff spot. There's two weeks to go. Uh, so you got to make up a bit of ground in these last two weeks. And I'm going to make sure you don't because you and I face off this week, Adam. So uh, let's go. Another matchup between the two of us. Looking forward to it. All, all I could say is if you got to play super fan Mike in the uh, playoffs, you know how that ends. So, you know, you could just let me in. No, I can't because we'll get to the Discord League. I need to win. I need a good lineup this week. So um, Trey is facing off against the Argos fan cast this week, looking to pick up a win in that matchup there um that is it for that league and shout out to our discord members that are playing in our league with us there a couple of them there uh adam you beat me you beat me in that matchup and i Uh, beat you with your old player tim white (laughs) ah you got me with tim white i had four tie cats in my lineups and not the right one in tim white so I kind of knew the week was going to be over from there, and then the Mac uh, ejection was just uh, the rest of it from there. Trey won his matchup over Josh M. Mike lost his matchup to FM Fan, who is the first one to clinch a playoff spot. Six teams make the playoffs. Mike is in the uh, final playoff spot right now uh, in sixth, and then you, me, and Trey are the next three teams. They're all trying to fight to get in, so... Yes, we're just awesome at fantasy, aren't we, guys? Yeah, it's chaos. Yeah, you got the shout-out for that one guy there? That yeah, shout-out to Discord user Cheppy. Uh, almost put up 200 points and I think had the second-highest score in fantasy in the entire uh, on the entire global leaderboard. Uh, that is an incredible fantasy total. Also, shout-out to Discord user Sandwiches, who's fourth on the season long. Uh, overall leaderboard. Uh, so a lot of great fantasy players in the community there. Uh, good news for you, Adam. Speaking of which, you face the guy who's got the fourth highest uh, overall on the leaderboard this week. You face off against Sandwiches this week. Uh, I'm hoping you get a loss. Uh, and Mike faces Josh M., and uh, I face Trey, and the loser of us is probably not making the playoffs. So high stakes, high stakes coming out of this week. Uh, should be another fun week there. I'll fill up my concession form, I think, because I ain't going nowhere right now if I got to play sandwiches. <laughs> well, hey, anything can happen in CFL Fantasy. Uh, you almost won an NFL Fantasy matchup this week, so... Yeah, that was actually way closer than it should have been, to be honest. But, uh, yeah, I'll take the almost win on that one. If, uh, if only it wasn't that Cowboys defense. Or if, you know, New York can learn how to buy up bloody offensive line. Yeah. Poor Aaron Rodgers. Poor, no, no, not no, poor Aaron Rodgers. Uh, poor New York Jets fans. Yeah, and poor New York Giants fans. Oh, the, mean, yeah. Yeah, you guys just uh, Daniel Jones is not doing nothing for you. Just saying. R- rough, rough week for New York uh, in football. Uh, hey, Chris Strebler is available. Um, Chris Strebler was at the Banjo Bowl this week, by the way, and it was uh, quite the spectacle. It was great. Uh, I, I'm just glad there. none of you guys tried to get a signature for me. 
I did try to convince Trey to get your rider hat signed and then send it back to you in the mail, but uh, I don't think that happened. Maybe it did. You'll find out when it arrives. Uh, all right, let's wrap things up uh, before Adam's phone dies here. Um, let me pull this up on the screen. Uh, so we'll be back again next week. Same time, same place. Week 16 preview. We'll be back to our regular weekly preview format there as well. Uh, so switched up the format a little bit tonight, but we'll go back to our usual next week. Uh, you can follow us on social media as well. Uh, on X at the countdown pod. I am at Cooper Trooper 42 there. Mike's at Mike Garrell. Trey at Trey Harness Link. If you want to check out anything those guys have going on as well. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash CF Countdown Pod there. Also, Adam, what else is going on these days for you? And where yeah, can people most, find it? Mostly farming is still going on. I mean, we're getting some more harvest done. And I think we should be done by the end of the week. Unless it rains, which looks like it might. Uh, you can find me at Adam Stewart one over on the old X or Twitter or whatever it is called nowadays. The Elon uh, social media network. I don't know. We'll just call it that nowadays. Uh, yeah, and also be sure to follow uh, Phil as well. Uh, great guy, Coach Phil's reacts. He's got some awesome content. Make sure you go check it out. Uh, except for that 09 reaction, we, we don't want to see that video anymore. Yes, absolutely. A huge thanks to Coach Phil for joining us tonight. That was a lot of fun to get to chat with him earlier on in the show. Make sure you check him out on Twitter at Coach Phil Reacts as well. Make sure you check out his YouTube channel, Coach Phil Reacts. Also, a lot of great content there uh that i recommend checking out uh also uh check out the cfc discord community if you haven't done so already we've got live game chats we've got cfl fantasy chatter and uh betting uh picks uh nfl chat we've got some nfl channels going on there as well uh coach phil is in the discord so if you want to chat more with coach phil uh as well uh come hop into the discord Link is in the episode description. It's free to join. Sign up for a Discord account. Join our server uh, and chat along with us and other uh, members of our community. Uh, also, whatever podcast platform you're listening on, we appreciate it. If you do all the fun things such as like, comment, subscribe, rate, review, share the show with your friends. Help us grow the show. We always appreciate that. Uh, on behalf of Adam and Coach Phil, I'm Ryan saying thank you for listening. Take care. Have a good one.